amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. Michael and I will share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again?, for more information on Michael or myself or forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, your co-hosts, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. Happy Thursday. Today is July 21st, 2016. I'm Michelle Pichet, filling in for Jeannie, and I'm here today with Michael Rice. We warmly welcome you to the show, and thank you for choosing to be with us. Our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and it puts you into queue to talk with our host. We encourage you to call in with your comments or questions, allowing you to actively strengthen and deepen your practice. Now, let's welcome Michael in support of developing our inner process of Aramaic forgiveness. Well, thank you, young lady, and uh, we, as uh, usual, when we're in the big city of St. Louis, have a few complications. Uh, Jean's driving in one car, and I'm driving in another, and I've got Adeline in the back seat driving along with us, and when we finish the show, we're on our way to the client center, and uh, maybe a little bit of car noise, I, uh, with all the complexity of, this, of the morning, I ended up uh, not bringing a headset, so we're just uh, talking right in the microphone on the, uh, the phone. But today I'd like to, uh, well, first of all, thank you, Michelle, for being available once again on short notice to fill in these um, these trips that involve grandbabies are sometimes uh, a little more complicated than we had planned them. So much appreciation. And I'd like to, to talk today about the difference between blame, guilt, fault, wrong, bad, and responsibility. And what brings this up is that uh, actually Camille, you've heard her on the show previously. She's actually back in France right now and maybe listening to us. I don't know. If so, you might put your hand up, Camille, and say hello. But uh, there was a gentleman who posted um, uh, a, a kind of a rant uh, toward uh, Donald Trump for making fun of someone who was disabled. And this gentleman was uh, had suffered post-polio and had a couple of surgeries, and sounds like he was pretty strongly disabled, had braces on his legs to get around, and had always been made fun of, and just generally victimized by the people around him. And so his rant used some not very kind language toward Trump and uh, reflected a, a fair uh, share of hostility, which in that circumstance is understandable, however, not a healthy thing to do. And so Camille posted in a very loving way an invitation for him to look at some responsibility and forgiveness in this dangerous situation. And he came back and, you know, while she was talking about responsibility, that's not what he heard. And we'll offer a definition of responsibility as we use it in this work, and that is that responsibility is a tool with which, if you engage in it, you can recover hidden parts of your own mind. But the culture, as with everything that's true in the spiritual realm, the culture has a cheap copy of everything that is true in the spiritual realm. And the culture's cheap copy of responsibility is, you mean it's my fault, I'm to blame, I'm the guilty party, and so 
this gentleman came back with a, a kind, you know, a, a reason, reasonable response, but still saying, hey, walk a mile in my shoes before you tell me what to do. And, um, and yeah, I've got an attitude and I've got hostility, but you would too. And so his listening appeared to be that of, you know, I'm not responsible for my disease. I'm not responsible for the fact that, uh, that people have made fun of me all my life. And, uh, and yeah, I'm angry, but I deserve to be. And so it's a, it's a challenge that a lot of people will probably face in trying to introduce the, pe- the work to people. Now, of course, it's an extreme situation having a physical handicap like that. But basically any situation where someone is feeling and experiencing being victimized, when you start introducing them to the idea of responsibility, they tend not to hear that word in its intended context. So I spent some time writing a post and explaining the difference and that when it came to his quote-unquote physical disease, to build some brain cells to start to understand that there's no such thing as a body and that every energy he engages in, including his hostility, is going to create deterioration and the exacerbation of his disease condition. And that if he chose to, he could perhaps and functions differently. So it's a, certainly a different idea and a different attitude than what the world can hear. But should you choose to introduce somebody, I thought it might be helpful to just make that distinction between responsibility as a tool and blame, guilt, fault, you know, I'm bad, I'm wrong, kind of recognize that we are the consciously or unconsciously, we engage and involved in everything that happens both inside and outside of us. And while our energetic participation may be subtle, when we change the subtle, that subtle can change the growth. You know, there's a whole theory in physics that butterflies and into the gross world. And when we engage in and process, that doesn't necessarily mean that we should engage in that disease process. Oftentimes our diseases, physical, mental, emotional, relational, financial, are inherited patterns, ways that we tend to behave out of the subtle influences of our generational what should I say, uh, errors or inadequacies can cause us to behave in a way that brings about results that it appears we have nothing to do with it. But as you allow yourself to develop these skills of decoding the settler energies within yourself and learn to remove those energies that never belonged, then you can change the whole game of life. You can change the whole circumstance and situation, literally down to and including what are called real, honest-to-God physical diseases. Because recognizing that we have an energy body, not a physical body, when we take charge of the energies that run this form and shift them out of the hostility and fear that we've been taught to live in, and when we are engaging in hostility or fear, Whoever we are focused on as we engage in that hostility or fear, we literally set up a literal measurable high-energy wave that sprays that hostility or fear on them. And people don't tend to respond very well. And at the same time, and the more important impact is to recognize that when I'm spraying hostility or fear on you, I get the original, you're just getting a carbon copy. That that energy that's sprayed through my own cellular structure can be the beginning and the end of the degradation of my own cellular system. And recognizing that if I choose to turn my world around and change the generational patterns of hostility and fear, 
and learn to forgive, and remember the word forgive in Aramaic, first century Aramaic language, the word forgive is to remove. It isn't about letting somebody else off the hook because there's something going on inside of you emotionally or physically. It's the tool with which you coincide yourself, access the subtle influence of what's being in you and remove it. And oftentimes we will see what the world calls real, honest to God, this is a physical disease, literally turn around, literally, literally shift. A couple of pretty dramatic examples perhaps of this. Oh, I guess it's maybe three years ago now. Michael had been in the military had done a, a, a pretty severe amount of damage to his left shoulder. So for a period of about 10 years to the point where he was discharged on disability, he could raise his left hand maybe seven or eight inches, and that was it. And the military said, oh, you know, there's just too much of a mess in there, too much damage, there's nothing we can do about it. And Michael had the good fortune of... Uh, connecting with someone who was a surgeon at um, Cleveland Clinic down in South Florida. And they took a look at it and they said, we can fix that. That's no big deal. So he went in and had the surgery done. And it was, uh, I don't know what day, a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And that Saturday, he came to a mind shifters and still point breathing workshop. This whole day, it was Saturday. The morning goes through sometime between 5 and 6 in the evening. And... You know, Michael's just had three different injuries in the shoulder repaired under anesthetic clinic. And doing a still point breathing session. And Michael has the good fortune of having what's been termed Kundalini energy move in his shoulder, which means it goes into intense and when I say intense, I mean you know, think about somebody taking a big old cigar that's well-lighted and putting it right there back in intensity. Intense burning, searing pain in his shoulder. And, I mean, his wife and I almost had to sit on him to keep him down. I'm not doing this. is too intense. This is too painful. My shoulder's being damaged. Oh, my God. Well, we convinced Michael to stay with it and keep breathing and to go through it. And the intense burning, searing pain disappeared. And once that pain disappeared, he got up and he was able to raise his arm. Now, it's been 10 years since he's had his arm above his head. He's able to raise his arm up to the very highest position you could possibly take a healthy arm and raise it in the air. And he's able to do that with zero pain. Now, when somebody's been in there chopping away at your arm four days before, that's not considered to be a very good thing. So Michael went through it, got up from the uh, still point session, and just about danced as he's flailing his arms up in the air. Ten years he hasn't been able to do that, and all of a sudden he can do that. He can raise his arm fully extended above his head. On Monday morning, he went into his um, physical therapy session, and he's waving his arm around, and the physical therapist is like, whoa, 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 you've done something wrong here. You, you've you really screwed something up. You shouldn't be able to do that. And Michael's like, well, uh, excuse me, my arm's moving, moving in its full range of motion with zero pain. Perhaps I've done something right. And he's able to go through that his physical therapist, well, you better get to the doctor because there's something wrong here. The physical therapist can't fathom that his arm could be working properly. Even though it's in its full range of motion and pain-free, there must be something, quote-unquote, wrong. And so Michael goes through the uh, physical therapist's office and goes to see the doctor, and the doctor is just freaks out. He's like, you know, there's something really wrong here. And Michael's like, well, why would you say there's something wrong when I'm able to move my arm in its full range of motion in a healthy way and with no pain whatsoever? 
Well, well, I was in there just last week doing surgery, and, and you just can't, it just can't be. You just can't do that. Well, you know, the fact that I'm doing it, Doc says that I can't do it. Maybe you need to adjust your understanding and your beliefs so that you can see that my arm is functioning fully in a healthy manner. And to this day, Michael's arm has had no pain and functions in a healthy manner. Now, that's not physically possible, and I understand that. If you think you've got a physical body, that's accurate and true. But when you realize you don't have a physical body, what you have is an energetic body, then when you start to realize that when you can impact the subtle energies that are in your energetic body, move the interfering energies and allow this to be restored, then and what you're looking to do is to get people to the point that when you step into healing, that's the kind of thing that occurs. And so for this young man who responded to Camille with a, uh, a not very happy response, we offered, well, it's going to take a some brain cells. It takes a bit of time. But as you let yourself comprehend what's happening here, you're going to going and I don't know if it was standing or where you're driving so um, right now my computer's rebooting so I can uh, share that information with you in a second let me see here who's on the line could you say that once again I, I, I kind of cut out there for a second for me No, Michael, right now there's um, several people listening, but nobody with a hand up. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, our call-in number, if you're on one of those stations that we can't access, is 646-200-4169. And uh, if you have a thought or a question, if any of what I said challenges you, or you just like to uh, hear some refinements on how it operates, we'll invite you to, if you're in the phone queue, Raise your hand by pushing one, and that will uh, give Michelle the uh, signal that you want to talk to us, and she'll introduce you. And or if you're, uh, as I say, on one of those stations we can't see, uh, dial 646-200-4169. Push one, and you're on the phone with us. Michael, I turned um, area code 901 Who do we have, and where are you calling from, please? Hi, this is Brenda, and I just wanted to let uh, Michael know that most of what he was saying before through my phone was um, so garbled I couldn't understand it, so I don't know if anybody else was having some difficulty or not. Oh, on, on, I hope on the reception. <laughs> yeah, you're breaking, you're coming in and out, fading in and out. Were you able to hear me, Michelle? Right now, I'm uh, I guess not. 
I'm not sure what's happening. Uh, we've got a challenge with the phone, and I've got a five-bar no, signal. I'm here. So. That, yeah, I um, I agree. I am not sure what what the uh, connection problem seems to be today. So could you hear me though, Michelle, or was I garbled for you too? Is no, it, uh, yeah, it was coming in and out, but I wasn't. I thought it must be my phone. So Brenda, thank you. Oh, um, okay. Not sure. Well, my apology. Um, out of my control at this moment. I've got a five-bar signal and not much else I can do about it at this moment, sadly, unfortunately. Okay, you're loud and clear right now. So it oh, might, okay. Well, uh, that's good. Might be okay, forwarding. Okay. All right. I'll just. Might have switched towers, but thanks for letting us know. Okay, you're welcome. So our call-in number is six four six. Two hundred four one six nine. If you're in the phone queue and you push one, that'll put a hand up and we get to chat. All right. Yes. Let's see here. Area code seven seven five. You're on the air now. Who do we have and where are you calling from? I'm calling from Nevada, and also, I can I, seven minutes into the show, I haven't heard anything. What you've been saying, it's in and out. So from seven minutes until now, now you're loud and clear, but just letting you know, I don't know what you even said. Okay, well, my apology, and uh, thanks for letting us know. Okay, thank you. Any questions? No. Anyway, we can support you today. No, I'm just... Thank you. Okay, blessings. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Technology, what can I say? See, that was a good presentation too. Bummer. But I'll I'll go ahead and repeat a little bit of it so that uh, we're not totally at a loss. The basic principle was looking at the difference between responsibility and guilt, fault, blame, wrong, bad and recognizing that the word responsibility does not mean that I'm to blame for what's happening in my life. It means that I live in a participatory world and I'm engaged, I'm involved on some level in everything that occurs in my world, inside and outside. And when I can take responsibility, I can touch into the subtle energy influences that uh, create those results, and I can then take charge of them and change them. And so, apology for the uh, the interruption. Yeah, it seems to be doing it again, Michael. Are you, Michael, are you there? Here, we're having some technical difficulties. My apologies. So do we have a caller, Michelle? Um... These uh, technical difficulties are all over the place. Um, hang yes. on here. So, why why did you say you guys are driving separate? I am um, computers. Oh, just just car complexities. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. So once again, our call-in number. Michael? 646. Um, Michael? I'm here. Okay, area code 618. You're now on the air. Thank you for being patient. 618, give us a name. Where are you calling from? And I hope (laughs) we can uh, get through this technology stuff. Go ahead. 
Understood. This is Gail from South Central Illinois, and I was just calling in to say what everybody else has been saying, that right in the middle of your beautiful introduction, um, talking about the differences between blame and responsibility, you faded out, and you would come back really strong, and then you'd fade back out, and you'd come back really strong. And so I was just wanting to echo um, what everybody else has been saying and also um, support you and hopefully maybe getting that message back out there and maybe tying it into um, the work that you did with Jewish people um, based around taking back their power over the Holocaust um, because you did a presentation, I believe, with that. So maybe if you could tie um, this polio person and um, the persecution that he felt was being made fun of um, with that kind of presentation, maybe we could bring it back together and, um, you know, save the show for the rest of the day. It, cool. What it seems like cool. to me, like maybe you're driving and you're hitting a spot or maybe, or maybe the, um, the microphone is getting away from your mouth. That That's what it, that's my perception of maybe what's going on. So, um, okay. Well, we won't, we won't be able to figure that out. We'll just let that go. But uh, but I think that's a good idea to tie in with the victimhood of the Holocaust. And actually, there are two different um, situations where I did presentations to people whose conversations were about the Holocaust. Several years ago, I was in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and I was invited to speak for a Jewish Women's Service Club. And there were about 300 women there, and the uh, it was way back when the in Russia – they weren't letting Jews out of Russia. And it was a big, you know, global hullabaloo about that. And the speaker before me is up there railing against, you know, with the whole idea of never again. And I'm sitting there knowing that I'm going to talk about responsibility and uh, ended up, you know, speaking to these 300 women about, well, what would happen if we realized we were creators and we were taking part in our lives and that the part we play, we can choose to change. That we can forgive. We can go inside of ourselves. Nothing to do with letting a perpetrator off the hook. But we can go inside of ourselves and change that dynamic. And, I mean, the energy shift was just monumental. And 300 women did a worksheet together on that issue. About, I don't remember exactly now, a few months, several months later, they started to let the Jews out of Russia. And I got the very strong intuitive hit that it was the work that those women did that day that shifted that whole dynamic. So, you know, we can change the subtle influences and energetic patterns of our lives by choosing to remove the interference patterns in ourselves. So that's one circumstance, and I don't know if that's the one you're referring to, or there was a second instance where a couple of years ago, and it's probably one of the most powerful why is this happening to me again workshops that I've ever done. In fact, the next day I went into one of the deepest healing processes I've ever been in, but I was at the Jewish Holocaust Museum in Fort Lauderdale once again, and there were about 50 people from a synagogue we'd spoken at the weekend before. And, you know, I was sitting on the edge of, do I talk about the Holocaust, don't I? And, you know, there were several people in the room who had the tattooed mark on their arms. And uh, so it was, it was a pretty intense space. And, Speaking about, again, first century Aramaic forgiveness, we talked about responsibility. We talked about, you know, Job and his speaking of how that which I feared most has come upon me. And if we keep moving toward fear and fear and more fear, are we drawing things to us? And when I choose to be restored to love, even in the midst of my trauma, my pain, or my disease, can I change my trauma, my pain, or my disease? And once again, a room full of people did a worksheet around that issue and the shift of the energy in the room was palpable. It was absolutely amazing. Hit a level of aliveness and vitality that threw me into one of the deepest healing processes, as I say, that I've ever been in. So it's uh, it's interesting to, uh, to watch over the years what things can change when people really understand that responsibility means I take a hold of this energy in me that I use to participate in what's happening in my world, and I shift and change that energy. And when I do, I change everything. I have the power. 
change the game, no matter what the game is and no matter how much it seems to be outside of me. Now, what we're working to do today with this work and recognizing the insanity, the abuse, the violence, the viciousness, you know, I mean, at the uh, RNC the other night, uh, one of their, you know, top Republican speakers called for the murder of of uh, Hillary Clinton. And it's like, you know, what kind of energetic influence does that have? Does some wacko with a gun who wants to go shoot somebody take that as permission when somebody from, you know, the platform of, well, anyway, with not enough said, crazy time. So when you realize that there are all these crazy influences, you either participate and go along with them or you choose a different voice. And it's not easy to choose a voice that's different than insanity when you yourself are filled with insanity. And it is the waking of the truth of who we are to the active presence of love that literally changes all of the insanity. So that's what we're here to support. That's what we're here to become part of. And the tool is forgiveness. If you have not engaged in the first century Aramaic forgiveness processes yet, we'll invite you to go to our website, www.whyagain.org. And first words on the page in the upper left-hand corner are start here. Click on the start here button and it'll walk you into a whole series of tools. How to of first century Aramaic forgiveness. There are at least 16 different radio shows where we've walked somebody through step-by-step the whole process and the instructions are there. And then of course, we're here five days a week, an hour a day for a personal conversation. If you were in St. Louis last night as Gail was, you got to participate Live in that personal conversation, we did a three-hour Why Is This Happening to Me Again workshop, and I think the energy of it last night, Gail, was awesome. What was your take? You were on fire. You were on fire last night. It was intense. Yeah, and the energy of everybody else that was in attendance was very sweet and powerful as well. I um, That was the first time I've experienced that in that format. Because the, uh, the other Y workshops that I've attended have been attached to intensives. And so you're right, that is my seventh Y workshop. And, um, yeah, it was, it was very intense and um, a lot of information that I learned again, but took it to a different level for me. And I have definitely been in healing process crisis this morning. <laughs> For sure, and yeah, it was it was great. I am very grateful to have experienced that, and I'd also like to give you the feedback that when you're talking about um, this last little stretch um, was loud and clear and was perfect. It was a perfect tie-in. It perfect. I heard you, um, and so that was great. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention is that I've experienced that as well reaching out to people to help them take responsibility for their lives and shift their energy and have received the same feedback that Camille has received. And I'm sure you've received this as well. Why are you blaming me or saying that, you know, I'm to blame for my condition. And when it comes from children, um, I have asked my daughter to look at her energies and, given her some tools to shift her energy um, because she was coming from a victim stance with her car, um, I got yelled at about um, I'm not to blame. Um, why are you to, why are you telling me that I'm to blame for my car troubles? And um, so, yeah, I, I understand um, that frustration. And I know that if frustration is coming out in me, that that is my work. So I've done some worksheets on on that issue as well. And then I've also um, have experienced this in the 12-step world when asking somebody to take responsibility um, for their actions, their thoughts, and their feelings, um, having that thrown back on me. So this is an excellent conversation. And thank you for 
being in my neck of the woods so I could find my people in St. Louis and reacquaint myself with people that I've already met in, um, it, it was it was awesome. So thank you, Michael. Delighted. It was nice to have Scott there last night, and uh, and and yes, it's fun when I do a workshop and I'm right on. And last night I was on, so it was it was a yeah, fun workshop. The information I came together really well, and and sweet group of people. I look forward to connecting with Scott again too. Yeah, Scott um, was in overwhelm. He did not complete his worksheet a lot of that has to do with his disability and all the all the stimulation um, but he enjoyed it and he was grateful for coming and he could feel he could feel the energy shift in themselves and so he's cool. looking forward I think it created an opening for him to have more one-on-one um, you know for us to do work um, I was hoping that you would bring up some energy points that would help him and you did um, thank you for you know bringing that up as well, and um, I think he's more open to the work. He's most definitely seen changes in me, and I think the changes in me have have been threatening um, because if somebody else is changing, the oh they might abandon um, me and seek that kind of fellowship someplace else. And so he was grateful to be included. He was grateful for the tip, and, um, yeah, I'm grateful for the opening um, so I could feel like we could do this walk together. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. And we'll be sending out an email shortly to everybody in St. Louis to uh, invite. One of the things that I, I did miss last night was uh, opening a conversation about work group going, and it was just there were so many questions and so much energy moving in so many directions. I just kind of drop that uh, that piece of the puzzle. We're going to send out an email and and uh, see if we can uh, support group aspects of things moving. So so awesome. Well, let's check in and see that what Michelle's great. got happening. Young lady? Hey, Michael. Hi. Um, we have a caller with a hand up, but I wanted to ask you a, a quick question first. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing a lot of reading sessions with clients and generally um, support the process first with the mind shifter. And um, I feel like I'm developing some acumen and being able to identify a good mind shifter for people. And if, you know, if there's a more specific or targeted uh, concern to try to unearth. And I've got um, somebody who... Is maybe hesitant about the whole mind shift or maybe skeptical that, you know, it's going to work for him because he's really, really um, left brain and this whole exploration has um, been rather remarkable for him because he's in the 60s and he really hasn't ever uh, gone below the neck related to, you know, using his intellect to cope and survive. Um, so having said that, he is open and willing to use the mind shifter, but kind of um, was worried about his interfering with the process. Because as I explained it, you write the sentence and then whatever comes up, comes up, and your job is not to direct it, um, rather record it. And he has some, you know, concern with that, you know, he might go in there and start analyzing or, or try to move it in a certain way. And, you know, the pen the pencil or pen would slow him down. So he said he can type super, super fast and that he wanted to know whether if he did the mind shifter, he could use typing as the growth motor to document and, and use the resonance because he thinks that will help him to, you know, catch more of what comes up and not necessarily start managing it before it gets to the paper. Well, my my input on that would be that, first of all, if he's got an engineering mind, this is purchase form. All you have to do is say, don't think about the color of the car, and then ask him what's going on. And he's going to say, well, I'm thinking about the color of my car. So notice that your mind works by resonance. So a mind shifter works by resonance, same thing. If you have an issue, your mind organizes things in files. You can explain the file folder effect, the purple alligator sort of thing, and that the uh, file folder effect says that if I start resonating content in a file, 
I'm going to move everything in that file until I've dumped the content of the whole file, and I get to step back and look at it and see what I've been hiding from myself. You know, it's pretty well established in the psychological world that 90 to 95% of our mental processes are unconscious. So if he can grasp those few principles and he starts writing, bingo, he's just going to be right there and, you know, moving through the layers. It's perfect. Um, and I think that using the, the written word can be more – that's the feedback I've gotten from a lot of people over the years. But actually, you know, maybe try both ways and see what opens up best for him. And maybe for him, typing would be better. I suggest that he try it, you know. Experiment with it. There's nothing here that's permanent, fixed. You have to believe it. You have to do it this way. You better try and see which works for you. Ask him for okay. feedback. Um, you know, as you were talking, that came to my mind. Like, well, why do I, why can't it just be whatever way works best, you know, whatever gives you the result? Yeah, that's it. That's the whole idea. Oh. This thing has been one experiment after another. And how do we get the process of healing to work? What are the tools? How do you use them? And so, you know, he may give us a, a fabulous new piece of feedback. And if it if it makes the tools more functional, that's what we'll be using next. That's what's developed this work over the last you know, almost 50 years is, you know, a lot of feedback from a lot of people who've used the tools and helped me to refine my understanding and presentation of them. Good. All right. So we have a um, person here, um, area code 808. Uh, your microphone is now on. Who is home? Good morning. This is Roma in Hawaii. Hey there, young lady. How are you? Well, I'm so delighted to hear that, uh, your presentation last night was so magnificent. It just totally blows awesome. me away. I have such a soft spot in my, spot in my heart for St. Louis, uh, having you know worked there in my ministry. So I, I'm just so happy. I'm so glad, and I am hoping that the people that I sent were present and participating. I'm sure if they were there, they were. So well, if so, um, uh, you know you'll probably hear feedback from them and. It looks like the, the head of the Board of Unity came to me after the workshop. She was there and asked yeah. if we'd come back. So it looks like perhaps uh, the third week in September we're going to do a full week of workshops at Unity Hunts Kingdom. Oh, so fantastic. there'll be another opportunity. And there was also someone there from CSL out in uh, 285 or 275, right. I guess it was 270. Uh, yeah. And so we may end up doing two weeks of workshops. I don't know. We'll see how it develops. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yes. After what St. Louis went through two years ago, with Ferguson, boy, are they mm-hmm. ripe. They are yep, so yep, ready. Definitely. It's so good. Okay. Yep, so, definitely. Um, Hold the space. Yeah. Um, and I've been, uh, I was thinking the critical love mass, <laughs> you know, I, I found myself wanting to add the word critical love mass, but then, then as I'm sitting here listening to the conversation, I'm saying, but why are we calling it critical so I um, mean, we we have the term a hundredth monkey, of course, but um, I'd like to get word of, get rid of that word critical. You know, a well, actually, mass. there's a good reason. There's a good yeah. reason for using that word in physics. Yeah. And, it, and and what it means in that case, it isn't critical as if there's something bad or wrong here. The yeah. context of the word critical and critical mass is that uh-huh. if you have a substance, and this is out of the laboratory, I've got a substance. Let's say I've got 500 liters of a substance. And I mm-hmm. add uh, a liter of another substance to it. Nothing happens. It, it looks like I haven't done anything. And then right. I add that critical extra drop, that important one extra drop. I add a liter plus one drop, and all of a sudden the whole mass shifts. So right. it's hitting that that threshold line. That chemical. It's a chemical the threshold. Critical point where the where the chemical transmutation takes place. You go back right. to the physicist Yeshua. He says a little leavening leavens of the whole loaf, and the world will be transformed in the twinkling of an eye. That's critical right. mass. It's just a physics right. term. It's nothing to do with our emotional use of that term. Right, right. <laughs> well, for me, you know me well enough to know that everything has to do with my emotions. So I, I just that's kind of the way it is with me. So <laughs> just have to bear with me here. Um, my heart went sure. out to... Uh, <laughs> To the woman who was talking about her daughter in the car, I just, I just want to say, patience, mom, patience. Sooner or later, the light will dawn in her daughter's mind too. And uh, what a beautiful, beautiful opportunity that is. 
Um, sure. Oh, I, I found the money. Remember I told uh, a week or two ago that I had been robbed? Oh, You may not yes. remember that, but, yeah, right around I my do, birthday, I, I had I had money missing, and I was totally freaked out. And every time something disappears in my life, I always think it was stolen. Well, yesterday I found Jeez, it. That'd be a good worksheet. <laughs> I, I, yeah, so I know. I had I misplaced really, yeah. the money. I hadn't been robbed. Yeah. Yeah, and I really am curious to see whether it's going to resonate something from past lives or something. Maybe I was a maybe I was a thief in a past life or something. So I'm really curious to do to see what comes up on the worksheet about it. But yeah, I had hidden it and then forgotten about it. But I walked into a bank yesterday to uh, uh, to do some business, and in the bank itself, I remembered where I put that money. So it was funny. Yeah, it was great. Uh, you've got an apology due to someone then too, right? Well, I never actually accused. I never actually accused, oh, yes, although yes. she's sensitive enough that she probably felt it, but she's going to be the first person after having shared it with you that that I call um, and tell her I found it. And and I really must do the worksheet because uh, – uh, there's a great mystery there. Every single time in this lifetime that I've ever found something missing, my my mind always goes there. So it's going to be fun to do. Um, That'll be a good yeah, one. As and, far as, and my offering would be, my offering would be. Well, you may not have said the words to her. You did not get on the show and make that accusation. What? I say, well, you may never have said the words to her that she thought yeah, she stole right. it. You did get on yeah. the show and make that accusation. You told us that this Absolutely. So I sent it. it out into the universe. Yeah. Yeah. So, so an yeah. apology is in order. And it may be an so asylum an apology. apology. You may not. So, yeah, my uh, apology uh, for making that mistake of, of putting it on your right. shoulders when I'm the one who made yeah. the error. And, again, yeah, you may not so, need to do that. You know, there's a great principle in the uh, 12 steps that says, you know, we make amends where we're not doing harm by making amends. And so, you know, to go to her and say, well, I thought you stole it and you didn't, so I apologize, might be uh, in error. But just within yourself to, you know, visualize her and offer her that apology might be a uh, a nice gift to give yourself and her. Well, as I said, uh, she was a close friend, and so I'm just going to call her up and tell her I found the money. Shoot. Yeah, cool. Yeah, um, so uh, your point about my speaking it on the radio program um, uh, is there any? Uh, I is there anything else you want to say about that? For me, I, seeing as how the accusation was made, I yeah. offered the apology. That's all. To the universe. To her. To her. To her. Again, I'm not saying you necessarily need to say it to her physically, but uh-huh. I certainly go into the inner space. Hold yeah. her present and apologize yeah. to her and tell her in the future what you're going to do. You know, we have a, a tool in this work we call the apology tool. And oh. I, I can remember when I saw the movie, Love Means You Never Have to Say You're Sorry. I never yeah. understood that until I started to develop the apology tool. And okay. we suggest that people uh-huh. never, ever, ever say the words, I'm sorry, ever again. Because yeah. people okay. who go around, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, end up becoming sorry people. Continue to be sorry, but, yeah. Yeah, and they create uh-huh. out of that, that mind energy. So the right. apology tool looks like, you know, I made an error. And so, right. again, I wouldn't necessarily suggest you go to her and verbalize this to her out loud. But uh-huh. in the inside, I'd speak to her and say, you know, I made an error. And I, yeah. in my mind, thought that you had stolen my money. And, oh, in yeah. the, and so I apologize for that error. Uh-huh. And in the oh, future, yeah. what I'm going to do is trust you and hold you in my heart. Oh, yes. See, I, that, we give well, that, and it was very interesting because before that happened, the day before that happened, I had had a very profound experience of trust. And that was a huge breakthrough for me, given my history in, my li- in this lifetime, uh, to actually experience 100% trust for the first time in my life was major. And so it was interesting that, you know, it all, it's all one theme, and the theme is trust. Yep. The theme is trust. Yeah. And wow. I suspect that the issue probably came up because you'd had that experience. You hit a new space in the no, level no. of vitality. Next layer of healing. Oh, yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. 
Wow. All right. Well, thank you very much. So glad, glad to be you're on all the team. there. Hello, everybody, We're here. wherever you are. <laughs> all right. Love Great. you all. Okay. Aloha. We've got about 10 minutes. Time for another question or two. If you're in the phone queue, which one? Put your hand up. I don't know yet. Let's check with Nana Jamie. Greetings in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. My name is Pastor Don Jr., CEO, calling from sunny Las Vegas with the Entertainment Worldwide Network. And I just want to say I really love the energy that I felt over the airwaves through my Wi-Fi and my computer. Everything y'all said was absolutely right. And uh, as far as I have a radio network, we have 1.5 million listeners, and we're syndicating in 23 AM and FM markets. And as a, a DJ, uh, my father was a radio host for uh, 35 years. He programmed in major markets, Tampa, St. Louis. And I'm, I'm, I was raised in St. Louis, so just to stumble along on your show on our campaign to be on 365 radio shows in 365 days, I'm just excited just to know that y'all are so big on energy. And to the sister that was on, it's so hard to know how powerful the tongue is, and whenever we realize that we was created in God's image and we have this anointing and this power and we can make things that's not real from the spirit world coming to the physical, everything that we say we're accountable for at some day point in time. So just hearing y'all, man, I, I told my 200 members, the 300 people on the winning team, call in, support this show. Uh, I'm going to step out the way, but I just really like what y'all doing, man. I, I, I'm going to be on more often. Well, that's awesome, and perhaps, uh, you know, give it, get in touch with us, and we'll set up a time to come on your show and uh, share some of the principles of first century Aramaic forgiveness. And, you know, that thing of the power of the tongue, you go back to Yeshua, and he says, you know, the power of life and death is in our words. It's key for sure. Amen, amen. Well, my direct number is 818-358-5722. I, I, I got my viral marketing department promoting yourself on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, because people need to know about the powerful energy y'all have here. And sometimes without not having that digital platform, it's hard to get to the people when they're in front of the computer and they can receive the knowledge and their comforts of their own home. Well, we're at the point where we've got about uh, 1,500 hours of shows with these conversations, and we're going for every mind, heart, and being on the planet. So glad to have you on the team and glad to be on yours. Hey, man, I'll sit right here. I'm a very good follower. I'll follow your lead. All right. Take care. Pastor Don? Yes, ma'am. This is Michelle. Hi. I um, appreciate um, the information that you put in the chat room. And so what I'm going to do is um, take a screenshot and I'm going to forward it to Michael and Jeannie so that you guys can connect. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate you. I love the energy here. We're going to be on more often. Fabulous. All right. So our call-in number, 646-200-4169. If you've got a question or a thought for us, push one, and we'll be having a conversation, and we're honored and delighted to be here to support you in the process. So, Michelle, anything happening in the chat room? Anybody with a hand up in the phone queue? Nope, not, not right now. It um, doesn't look like that. Well, it looks like we're down to about five minutes, so we have the opportunity to uh, – have one more awesome conversation, and we'd love to hear your sweet voice if you've got a question or a thought for us, and uh, push one. If you're on one of those stations where we can't see you in our control panel, if you dial 646-200-4169 and push one, we'll be talking. We'd love to hear from you. So, Michelle, any other thoughts from your perspective and what uh, what's happening from uh, – from the control Michael, panel point of view. Uh, yeah, yes. actually, um, we got a quick call, 541. Okay, 541. That might just be, let's see, would that be Julie from way out there on the West Coast? Oh, I was on mute. <laughs> ah, 
Aha, hey, that mute challenge is something, isn't it? <laughs> hey, young lady, how are you? Um, I'm doing really well considering I'm about to have two teeth extracted, and I've, oh. I've done a lot of worksheets and everything, and um, you may remember in the intensive, um, in the codependence intensive in Florida in February, I kind of went through something with regard to that. And so right. I guess I'm just I'm holding the space that I'm in the now moment of what is the right thing to do. And then, you know, it'll be over and I will continue my healing work. I'm letting go of my goal that I would heal enough to heal my teeth so that it wouldn't have to happen. So I definitely canceled right. that goal. <laughs> um, and I'm just asking well, for um, holding the space. Well, Thank we'll you. hold a gentle space where you can be in confidence that this dentist that you're going to be working with or oral surgeon is going to have a guided hand, a guided heart, and is in the space of love to know how to, in the most minimal way possible, remove the problem and the challenge and leave you in a quick healing space where your tissue structure is filled with the presence of love and healing happens the way it's supposed to. <sighs> Thank you. That was great. I will definitely... Um, Hold my myself in Rachma, you know, for all thoughts that move through my mind, um, for, for God, neighbor, and self. You know, I love I love that I'm learning more about holding Rachma present, and I appreciate yes. yours. You're doing that. Thank you. Well, for so, those who aren't uh, aren't conversant with that idea, let's t- take a couple of minutes and talk about Rachma. It's interesting. The Greeks. Um, said to us that we were supposed to love God, neighbor, and self, that that was the first law, according to Yeshua. But in fact, that doesn't even resemble what Yeshua said in his first century Aramaic language. What he said was that it was incumbent upon us to maintain a condition called rachma, which is a filter in the frontal lobes of the brain. When we think of the creator, when we think of neighbor, and in Aramaic, neighbors anybody, anybody that you think about, And then, rather than saying as yourself, what he said was, in order to maintain self. So there's a gateway in the frontal lobes of our brain through which human life, the active presence of love, is designed to enter. If hostility and fear are active, that gateway is closed, and there is no human life active. There's a human form, but not a human life. We only have human life where there is the active presence of love. And so understanding what he said, that there was this, condition this this filter in the frontal lobes of the brain that was the first order of business for a human being it's like you got to keep the gate open for human life to enter and anytime somebody forgets what human life is we just invite you to go hold a newborn child and you'll know what that sweet awesome presence of love is and that's the stuff we're all made of and the work of yeshua is to take us back to the place where we actually live as that and he gave a full practical set of tools and in particular the forgiveness process to remove the hostilities and fears that block that gateway so that we can live in the space connected to that in which we live move and have our being and recognize that that's our source and that's where we're designed to live so thanks for bringing that up most able to speak at all i'm learning (laughs) i love it so you, you, you cut out there Oh, I'm just going to say thank you for Fine tuning, thank you Okay, bless Did you, you hear that? Here. Yes, okay. got that Bye. Okay, okay. <laughs> Blessings. We, hold, we hold the space for this tooth extraction That is easy In the meantime, okay, we'll good. just invite everybody If this uh, show has been Meaningful for you uh, when we're finished, you can go to the website, whyagain.org, download a free MP3 of it, along with, I don't even know now, there's probably 1,700, 1,800 other shows in the archives that uh, basically are a continuation of this conversation. I free Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice and myself, Jeannie Rice, as we present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. We are here every Monday through Friday from 1 to 2 o'clock Eastern Time on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael, myself, or Aramaic forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. 
That's www.whyagain.org. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.